We're glad you're we're glad you're here this weekend. If you have your Bibles, electronic devices, you can click to turn to if you would like to Galatians chapter five, and we're, we're going to look at fifteen verses, which is kind of a lot uh, more than what I normally look at on the weekends. But so I'm not going to read uh, all fifteen verses, but I, I just want to take you through take you through a process. This is probably more of teaching than preaching this morning as we as we start out a new year together. Uh, I don't I don't know if you're like me. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that 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 have this same practice in our church to where either you get a you get a word for the next year, you get a scripture, you get a promise for the next year, and then that kind of, you know, organizes your life spiritually. I do that every year. And so I use uh, from Christmas to, to to New Year's, I use that week uh, normally, I, I, you know, normally I take that week off, which I have, and I take that week off, and then I use that time just to spend with the Lord and, and talk to him about, about look back over the previous year of everything that he's taken us through, then look forward to the next year and my promise and all of that stuff, uh, because I, I want to make sure I'm on track. In fact, is that's the title, this, this message is just on track, and to where we realize that, that you know what, There's, if, if we're not careful, we can run somebody else's race and not our race. We can run the race that somebody else wants us to race, right? Never had that person that's always telling you that what you should do spiritually and what you need to do, and, and this should be your race, and this is how you should. If you're not careful, you'll run their race instead of your race. And that God has a race for each one of us to, to run. And if we're not, listen, if we're not careful, we can get off track really easy. Why? We're human, right? We can get distracted really easy. I always think when I, when I look at this passage and I think about staying on track, I always think about this buddy of mine in high school. His name was Scott. And so Scott was, was one of those friends that everybody loved to be around. He was kind of goofy and had a great sense of humor, and he was ADD, and he wasn't very organized in life, and, you know, that type of person. I mean, he was just, Scott was a lot of fun to hang out with. And Scott was on our track team, and he was a long-distance runner. And so Scott made it to, like, conference, and he's at, like, conference finals, and, and he's going to get him ready to run a long-distance race. And Scott never looked at the map of, of like the course because it was always either clearly mapped out and clearly marked uh, on the trail or he was always running in the top pack and so there was always someone that Scott always figured there's always somebody that's going to know the way to go and so Scott is like any other race and so he started running this race and, and it was a big deal it was a big race and so but Scott kind of lagged behind and so the top three runners were running way ahead of Scott to where it got to the point he could no longer see them any longer. And so he's kind of running now. You know, there's a group behind him, but, but he can't see those in front of him. And he comes to this place, and it's like a fork in the road, whether you go left or you go right type of deal, and it's not clearly marked. And so Scott, as he's running, he's doing, you know, like this deal, which way they go. Well, there's some students that were standing there um, cheering some people on. And so the students go, hey, go left, go left. And so Scott takes off, takes off left. And he gets 20 or 30 yards away, and all of a sudden he heard them laughing, and he turned around, and they're like running off, and he realized, you know what, they pranked me. Uh, I'm not supposed to go left. I'm supposed to go right. And so Scott went back, you know, 20 or 30 yards, went right, and he did not finish well in the race at all because he, he went left instead of going right. Listen, we know this. If you have a goal in life, you have to know, listen, you have to know where you're going and then, and then you have to have some markers along the way to prevent you from getting, getting off track, right? 
This is like New Year's, and we do New Year's resolutions. And so, so if, you're, if your New Year's resolution is to lose weight, then you know what? You need a scale because a scale is going to tell you whether you're on track or not. If, if We know this with like road trips, right? We have GPS, and, and we punch in the destination, and the GPS will tell us when we're getting off track. It'll say things like, like recalculating. That happens to me a lot because I get distracted. And so it's just like recalculating, recalculating. You're like, how many times is she going to say that? And so... And so you get back on the on the on the track. If 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 you know what, if you're a sports team, then then you have a goal to go to the Super Bowl, or you have a goal to to have a winning record. Then what do you use? You use a, like a win loss record, right? And then if you start having more losses than wins, you 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 make you make adjustments. Unless you're Broncos, and so uh, that's just a joke. <laughs> that, that's just a joke. <laughs> that's just that is just just want to make sure you're listening. Right? You got, <laughs> right? You got to make adjustments. And listen, let me tell you something. So many people enter the spiritual world and they start following Christ and there are no yard mar- there are no mile markers for them. It is kind of vague. It's just kind of vague about this issue about being spiritually mature, or Christ being formed in you, and what does that look like, and what is a race, and, and, and what should my spiritual life look like when you, when you look at this. And so one of the verses that helped focus me is Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, but seek uh, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things are going to be provided for you. So you don't start with all these things. You don't start with, with, with all of your desires. What, what he's saying is this. If, if you want all these things added to you, then there's, there's a way to go about that. You first, two things you seek. You seek the kingdom of God and you seek his righteousness. And in church sometimes, those are like two really complicated or confusing things for us. What is the kingdom of God and then what is his righteousness? I mean, can we even attain that? Uh, just a quick definition. Kingdom of God is just simply this, where God rules. Where God rules in your life, it's the picture of a king. It's a picture of a king over an area and then has subjects, and all the subjects align under the king, and they, they follow the king, and they do as the king edicts and the things the king says. And so, so the kingdom of God is where God rules in your life. So you can enter the kingdom of God. You don't have to wait till heaven. You can enter the kingdom of God now. It's wherever God rules in your life. You can have the kingdom of God in your marriage. That's where God rules your marriage. You can have the kingdom of God in relationships. That's where God rules uh, how you behave and how you act and how you respond in relationships. You can have the kingdom of God in your job by lining up under him. And then it says seek righteousness. And, and seeking righteousness is this. And sometimes we look at it as like a churchy term and it's like King James or not King. You know, what is that? It's righteousness, all it means is in right standing before God and right standing with your fellow man. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It's not that you will, but as far, listen, just as far as it depends on you, just live at peace. Just live at peace with, with everyone. And, he, and, he, and he, he uses this term. It's just interesting to me. Uh, seek, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek his righteousness. And so it, what, what it, that means is just, just, to, just to, to run after, to where, you, to where you seek the kingdom of God and you seek him and the way that you do that, in several ways, the way that you do that is, is like through his word and reading his word. We life journal here as, as a church, and maybe you've never like read scripture. Just find somewhere and read. 
I mean, we, we life journal here, which is which you can go out to the, the information booth in the, in the lobby, and, and so we can, we can help you with that. Uh, there'll be people out there, but we have the, the reading plan. You read through the Old Testament would be twice, and the New Testament once. It takes about 20 minutes a day. It really doesn't take that long at all. And then you read through there, you get a verse, and you focus on the things that you know and not the f- things that you don't know. And you get that verse for you for throughout the day. And just to help to align you, because we need to hear from him. And, and really and truly, true spending time with him is this activity to where you hear from him and you interact with him through his, through his word, because we have a living relationship. And so, so when, when you look at this issue... You look at Christ lined himself up with that. And so he talked about in Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, it's just so important. It's not going to come up on the screen. But in Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, Paul, before we started at Galatians 5, he makes, his, he makes this statement as a pastor. And he says, I just want you to know, I am suffering and laboring for you so that Christ will be formed in you. You know, that's, that's my goal. That should be any pastor's goal. To see Christ formed in you, to where if you to where you understand this issue of what is spiritual formation, what is Christ being formed in you, to where you learn to read scripture, you learn to pray, and then you allow him to be formed in you, to where where you become in, instead of spiritually mature, that a lot of churches will say, well, spiritual maturity is just a lot of knowledge. I mean, it's where you know a lot of scripture, you need know, know a lot of doctrine, and all of those things are important, but the scriptures would say. That spiritual maturity and spirit, God's spirit uh, being formed in you is when we begin to treat people differently. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there, there, there is no law. And so Paul is trying to, I mean, Paul is concerned about the Galatian church. Because they, were, they, they understood the gospel and they were following him well. Then something happened. Some people cut in on them, much like some people did with my buddy Scott. And they said, no, you go left instead of you go right. And then Paul's like, he's really concerned about the church. And he says, how did someone cut in on you? How did, how did you start out understanding the gospel? The gospel is grace. And now all of a sudden you've moved it back to legalism. And you moved it back to legalism to where there's no life. And so Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, it says, For freedom Christ set us free. Stand firm then and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. And so the scripture says that, that he, is, he has set us free. And that he has set us free, and he's talking about this issue, stand firm, run your race, not somebody else's race. Don't give in. Don't allow someone to cut in on you and, and go give in to the path of, of like works because of works or trying to work your way to heaven. Or I'm going to do more good things than I do bad things so that I can earn my way to heaven. But scripture talks about grace. Scripture talks about salvation is not by works. So that no man or no woman can boast, but it's it's by it's by it's by grace. And whenever someone cuts in on you, and you think it's about this issue of works and it's about this issue of legalism, it it, it what Paul would say is just it's the wrong path. And so Paul was against anything that where they didn't understand the gospel or salvation and what was happening in their time. It was Jesus plus something equals salvation. In other words, Jesus just wasn't enough. It's Jesus plus, in their case, it was Jesus plus circumcision. Uh, that, that it, unless you're circumcised, you cannot go to heaven. In our day, it can be all kinds of things. It's, it's Jesus plus. It's Jesus plus checking off some religious bo- bo- uh, boxes. And, 
and 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 that's just that, that's that's just like guilt. I mean, because it, it seems like you can never check enough. And so Paul was warning them about this path, and Paul was warning them about a path of legalism, and then also a path of you know what I'm just going to do it my way. I mean, I'm 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 just going to live life, and I'm just going to do it my way. And and I you know what I've I've accepted Christ. I've, I I I know I'm a Christian. So from this point on, I can just live life however I want. I can make any choices that that I want. And so. Paul was like, both of those paths are dangerous. Whether it's I can live life my way and it doesn't matter what Scripture says, it doesn't matter about the kingdom of God, and or you come to the point it's just all about legalism and it just takes the, the joy out of it. Verse 7, Paul goes on and says, you were running well, so he's complimenting them. Who prevented you from being persuaded re- regarding the truth? And so the gospel, when you look at the gospel, and all the gospel is, is that Jesus Christ came, uh, fully God, fully man. He came to this earth in the form of a baby, uh, which we just celebrated. Um, he went to the cross on our behalf for our sins. He was without sin. He took on our sins. He was, he was crucified. He was buried. He was raised on the third day. And because of that, we can have forgiveness of sin. We can be totally and completely forgiven. And so the gospel was not only intended to be believed, but it was intended to be obeyed. And that's why verse 7, he's upset, and he says, you were running well. Who prevented you from being persuaded regarding the truth? And, and so who, 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 who has been on the track and pointed you to the left instead of to the right? And, and Paul is frustrated, and, and he says it, it is meant to be applied. It is meant to be applied to, to, to your life. In verse 5 and 6, he goes on and says, he says, for we eagerly, eagerly await through the Spirit by faith the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision accomplishes anything. What matters is faith working through what? Faith working through love. And so, you're, listen, you're just going to see this over and over in the passages that I read about this issue of love, about this issue when Christ is being formed in you and Christ is being formed in you, then your love quotient starts going up. For those around you, for the people in in relationship with you, you start understanding love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing, there is no law. So, so I just want to give you a few things this this morning as we just we just look to 2021. And I pray, listen, I just pray that you would, if you haven't, that you would just take inventory of your spiritual life and and where you are with Him and what race are you running and and um, and then maybe just maybe you would make a commitment to whatever that looks like for you that you know what daily i'm just i'm just going to i'm just going to w- open up the word i'm just going to open up the word and i am going to read scripture and i'm going to allow scripture to speak to me and whatever verse that is i'm just going to take it and i'm going to apply it to my life i'm going to apply it to my relationships whether it brings encouragement whether it brings support or comfort or or even confrontation about some things that I just need to change in my life. And so, so here's, here's the first one is this, is, is the, right, the right track is to live through the Spirit. The right track in the Holy Spirit, at the moment of salvation, we get all the Holy Spirit that we're going to give, and it's living, through the, it's living through the Spirit. That's why in verse 5 he says, but we who live, we live by the Spirit, and, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So Paul believed in the Holy Spirit. And Paul talked a lot about the Holy Spirit and Christian freedom does not does not mean that that we're trying to work our way to heaven christian freedom means that we have been totally and completely forgiven and as a result of that the the, the spirit the holy spirit can lead us and guide us and teach us and that that we're we're free to christ not free from christ we're free we're free to christ 
And so when you understand that, you understand that I'm free to Christ and I'm, I'm free to him to live in the kingdom where he rules and where there's, there's safety and protection and he begins to, he begins to form you and, and his desires become your desires and your desires begin to, tra- to change. And so, so we're, we're free in him. And uh, John chapter 15, verse 10 and 11 says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in love just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. And verse 11 is just incredible to me. It says, I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Have you ever thought about this? Because one of the things that Jesus prays for you, that the joy that is in Him would be in you. I mean, the, the the joy that is in Him would just would just be in you. Even when you're going through difficult circumstances, even when you're going through challenges in life, that you would have this, you would have this joy, you would have this assurance of who he is and what he's doing in your life. John 5 3, 1 John 5 3 says, uh, for this is what the love of God is, to keep his commands, and his commands are not a burden. In other words, that as you as you come into the kingdom and you line up with him, his desires become your desires. And you come to the place to where these things in Scripture that God is asking you to do, it's, it's just like no longer a burden. One, because you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the other thing is, is because you're living life in freedom and you just want to please Him. Galatians 5.13 says, For you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity to flesh. But look at this. But just serve one another through love. A spiritually formed person is able, listen, is able to serve others through this issue of, of, of just love. Uh, the second, second thing is this, the right track is to live by faith. So the right track is not only live through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, but, the, but it's also to, to live through faith. And when we enter into 2022, right? And we, we don't know what 2022 holds. Uh, but we know this, that if we trust him, he's going to take care of us and that we can live this by faith. And, and Galatians chapter 5, verse 2 says, Paul says, take note. I, Paul, am telling you that if you get yourself circumcised, Christ will be no benefit to you at all. And so what, what's happening, they're saying it's Jesus plus circumcision. It's Jesus plus some religious works. It's Jesus plus Jesus is enough. You've got to do some other things to earn your way to heaven. And Paul is saying, you know what, if you're going to try to live that way, it's going to be just bondage. And this freedom in Christ is of like no benefit to you. Verse 3, he goes on. He says, again, I testify to every man who gets himself circumcised that he is obligated to do the entire law. And so he says, now you're living in bondage. And, and so there may be some of you that have come out of some faith backgrounds that, that it, was, it was just guilt-laden. That unless you do these things, you may not be a Christian. Unless you do these things, these religious works. And, and so that's just a bonded, of bondage of frustration, a bondage of stress, because you never feel like you do enough. Verse 4, he goes on and he says, you're trying to be justified by the law and alienated for Christ, and you have fallen from grace. And so he is not, he is not talking about losing your salvation. He is not talking about losing your salvation. Once you're in Christ, you cannot lose your salvation. But he, what he's talking about, he's, he's talking about you've lost your hold. You've lost your, 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 your race. You've lost your focus. Um, you haven't lost your salvation. And so a spiritually formed person is this person that understands this issue of living by faith. Here's another one. The right track is just to live in hope. The right track is to live in hope. Listen, you, you and I both know that when, when we lose hope, 
is when we come to this place to where we believe that next week is, no, is going to be no better than this week. Or next month is going to be no better than this month. Or next year or the future or in, in Hezekiah's way. When Hezekiah was going through difficulty in his life, Hezekiah came to this place and says, you know what? I am never going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. This is like my lot in life. I mean, next week is not going to be any better than this week, and next year is not going to be any better. And that's a difficult place to be. And Hezekiah came to this place where he saw the goodness of God. And when he looked back on it, he says, you know, it's for my well-being. Because it did something in my heart. I, I, I saw you differently. I saw people differently. I saw ministry differently. I saw prayer differently. If you've ever gone through like a, a moment of crisis of faith in your life, and you've come through it, then you know. You see, on the other side, you see everything more clear. You see everything differently, right? I mean, I've heard from people this last year to where God showed up in miraculous ways, and all they want to do is tell people. All they want to do is tell people about the goodness of God and, and how he took care of them. Galatians 5.5 5 says, For we eagerly await through the Spirit by faith the hope of righteousness. So now Paul's talking about this issue of He's talking about this issue of hope. He's talking about this issue of faith. He's talking about this future thing that we're waiting for, that we've been justified, we have peace with God, we have forgiveness of sin, and that we know one day that we're going we're gonna to be with him in, in, in heaven and that there's coming a day that we will enter into heaven and, and, uh, and see, him, see him face to face. And, and Paul was at this place in his life, that, and, and we shouldn't either. Paul didn't even fear this. Because Paul knew that all of his sins were under the blood and all of his sins have been forgiven. And Paul looked towards this date as like, like with, with hope and expectancy. You ever, you ever been on a trip and you look forward to like, like the trip was like a road trip with your kids, right? And you, you're on this road trip with your kids and you could not wait to get to your destination where there'd be family and friends and celebration. Maybe it's a vacation, a beach or something like that. And the kids are like screaming and the kids always have to stop and all of those things. And you're, you hate, I mean, the, the trip is difficult. But what carries you through that is the future, right? It's the destination. This is what Paul's talking about. Paul is talking about living life in such a way that understand that we live life in a fallen world. And there may be some difficulty. There may be some difficulty along the way. There may be some pain along the way. But what carries us through it and what carries us through the future is that joy that is set before. See, this issue of joy is really important. It's what kept Jesus on the cross, if you will. I mean, the Scripture says that the reason that Jesus was able to endure the cross was because the joy that was set before him. And Paul is saying, we need to understand this. We need to understand the joy that is set before him that one day we're going to see Christ face to face and we're going we're to know him. So we run, listen, we run this race not like we do not have hope. We run this way, race knowing that we have hope because we know who Christ is and we know there is coming day that there will be no more tears, there will be no more sadness, that he will answer, he will take care of everything and we will be in a def different place. The fourth thing is this, and the right track is to is just to live with love. And the right track is to is just to is just to is to is to live with 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 love. Verse six it says, and because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, "Abba, Father." It is a faith that ex expresses itself through love. What the Scripture says, what Paul says, what First John says, 
is the way that we express our faith is the way in which we love one another. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. Remember in scriptures when the the Pharisees, like they go, well, who's your neighbor? And Jesus says, everyone you come in contact with, whether you agree with them or disagree with them, whether you align with them or you don't align with them. You want to know who your neighbor is? You want to know who, who your neighbor is? It's it's everybody. It's everybody. Love your neighbor as yourself. I have a, have a pastor friend that posted something on social media over the Christmas holidays, and we haven't had a chance to talk because I really want to talk to him about this, but he's a good friend of mine. And so he posted something on social media uh, that, that, that a couple of his buddies were in town. Uh, they, they'd, been, they'd been buddies for, you know, friends for like 20 years. Uh, they met for lunch somewhere in Colorado Springs, and so they're at lunch, and they had, as he would put it, they had robust conversation, a little bit of arguments when they started talking about, you know, what's going on in the world and the church's response, mask or no mask, mandates, no mandates, a lot of political stuff. And, and I mean, I mean, it, it got, I mean, it got, it got, uh, they argued. But he said, we weren't angry. We just argued. And I mean, we were, I mean, everybody was like their position in this. And he says, yeah, things got expressive and things got a little loud. And I mean, we were, we've been friends for 20 years and they finished their lunch and they're getting ready to leave. And this lady walks over, she was the next table. And she walks over to them. She says, hey guys, she says, I, I kind of hate to admit this to you, but I was like listening to your conversation. And it's amazing to me that men or people can argue like that and discuss those things and still love one another. You weren't mean and you weren't cruel. You didn't judge each other. She said, it, it is, and, and he says, she started getting emotional. And they looked at her and says, well, you know, we happen to be followers of Christ. Our friendship, our relationship is way more important than how we line up with all this other stuff. We're, gonna, we're friends for life. We've gone through some tough stuff together. And they just talked to her about this issue of love the Lord your God with all your heart, with your mind, your soul. Love your neighbor as herself. Now, that, that could be some things that should govern our conversations with family and relationships, right? Is it through it all? We're going to remain friends and we're going to remain family. And we can have disagreements and we can disagree, but at the end of the day, we're going to love one another. At the end of the day, we're going to accept. I mean, this is our calling. You want to know a spiritually formed person? A spiritually formed person can get their point across without being mean, without being cruel, without being judgmental, without being critical and letting the other person know that they just don't measure up there, they, they haven't made it or whatever, or that the only way you're right is you think the way I think. A spiritually formed person can get their point across, whether it's social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, you know, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. I think I hit them all. I don't know. Snap face, whatever, or Snapchat. <laughs> that's something. Just without being mean and cruel. Have you ever, have you ever been around someone and you kind of agree with their stance? But you just so disagree with the way that they're project, the words that they're using, the, the, the hate. It's just so judgmental. It's just so mean. 
and it's just devoid of this issue of love. I mean, when you look at this, this is what Paul is trying to help them to understand about this track. I, I think sometimes we get this wrong. As, as believers in Christ, I mean, it's, it's like we express our faith through what? Through love. So at the end of the day, even if we disagree with that individual, they know we love them. They know that we care for them. We, we want the most for them. Verse 13, it says, it says, for you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But what? But to serve one another. Listen, to serve one another through love. Christ is in you, and Christ is being formed in you. It's part of the fruit of the Spirit. That's what comes out. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I've gotten to a place in my spiritual walk to where I, I use that. I use the fruit of the Spirit someday to look back over my day or in situation. Did I express love? Did I express goodness? Did I express self-control? Peace. And some of those, some of those other things. Mark chapter 10, verse 45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to serve, but to, but to serve. And to give his life is ransom for many. And that's why, that's why Paul comes back. He comes full circle. Verse 14 in Galatians chapter 5. And he says, For the law, the whole law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. I think that's why we need each other. That's why we need community. Not only to hold us accountable and to encourage us and to hear stories of, of miracles and faith and what God did in somebody's life, but isn't it true that it's in community, in relationship to people, that we have to, we have to work that verse out? Love your neighbor. Just love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with your mind, your soul, your body. That's why if, if you go to Israel and you go to the Wailing Wall, and I've been there several times and going again in April, and you go to the Wailing Wall, you, you see, you see a, 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 a Jew pray. That, that they're, when they pray, they'll be at the wall. It's amazing to see. And uh, they're rocking, whether they're standing or sitting. They're rocking back and forth. You know why they do that? They wanna, they, it's a reminder of this verse. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your body. And so they're rocking. They're worshiping him physically. They're, they're reciting scripture mentally. Um, they're praying soul and some of those other things. And so it's an expression that reminds them of that. And so I think sometimes that we just need to be reminded that spiritual maturity, Christ being formed in you, is the way we love one another. Whether it's in our homes, whether it's in our school, whether it's in our church, whether it's in our place of business, that the ultimate goal is just, just to just to love one another. There's a school teacher uh, a number of years ago. She was in our church, and, and she's retired now. And so she was telling a story that she had. She had. She says, I know as school teachers, we're not supposed to have our favorites. She said, every year I have a favorite. She said, every year. And it's usually the underdog. It's usually the student that kind of struggles, uh, whether it's a learning disability or whatever, that, that student that struggles. And she, she said, one year I had a, I had a little boy that, that just really struggled, and he had, he had test anxiety. She said, I, I knew he knew the information because I could ask him the questions, and he, he could answer them. But you put a test in front of him, and she says, I don't know what it was about him, but you put a test in front of him, and he would get nervous, he would freeze up, and he literally would go blank and couldn't remind, uh, couldn't remember some things. And so she says, so when, when we're taking this test, and I didn't want the other students to know, but I really wanted to help him. 
And so she said, I would, I'd like walk around the room and look at, you know, other kids and what they were working on. And I'd point down and I'd say, hey, um, don't forget to add here. And then I'd stop by again. Hey, don't, don't forget to subtract here. Um, hey, don't, you know what? Do not forget to, to total this up here. And, um, and so she said she did that several times and class let out and she had a free period and she's sitting at her desk and, and she says, you know, I, I, she said, it's still kind of interesting to me. I don't, I don't know if the Lord just spoke this into me or it was just me thinking about this. But all of a sudden, it was like the Lord spoke into me and says, you know what? He says, you know what? There's, there's some things that you need to add into your life. And there's some things that you need to subtract out of your life. And there's some things that you need to pay closer attention to. That's, that's why we open up the Word daily. That's why we read His Word. Is because he has something to say to us through his word. Some things that we may need to add, some things that we may need to subtract out of our life, some things that we may need to pay particular attention to. I have, for 2022, I have my list. I have my list. Yes, I want to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Because I have that type of personality, and maybe you're like that. Sometimes I have a personality to where I look at what's missing or what we could have done better or the way I wish things were instead of just looking and seeing where God's working. And sometimes if you're like me, I can go through life so quickly, I don't even take time at the end of the day. It's one of the questions that I've started asking myself at the end of the day. Where did I see the goodness of the Lord today? How did he speak to me? It may have been with a with a friend, with an encouraging word, giving me a scripture or, you know, encouragement or a note or a text or an email. It may have been something out of his word. It may have been something with a family member. It may have been something that he provided for Brittany as we've walked through this season of cancer or just something that he did for her or something he did for us. But she's coming to this place. Because if we're not careful, when life gets tough, when we get in those moments like Hezekiah, God was doing something in a situation. Hezekiah couldn't even notice it because his pain was so great. It was only later when he looked back on it and said, Oh, God, God, that was for my well-being. That was, that was for my good. And so maybe this year, maybe you would just take a point and make sure you're on track and maybe you'd make a commitment I'm going to read scripture every day and apply it to my life whatever that looks like we life journal here and love to help you with that but I won't I want Christ formed in me in a greater way this next year